the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Hello, Andy Lockwood here from Lockwood College Prep, and what follows in this episode of the College Planning Edge is a recording of a weekly show that I do with my wife and partner, Pearl Lockwood, called College Coffee Talk. We dusted it off and pulled it off the shelves after about a year to give parents and anyone an update in real time on what you really should be doing, what's happening in the college timeline right now. You know, a lot of parents don't get this information from their guidance counselors. So each one of these shows is designed to to let you know what's happening. In this episode, we talked about what's happening for financial aid in February 2022 for class of 22 kids, 2022 kids. Uh, we also talked a little bit about negotiating awards or appealing financial aid awards and some advice for 2023 kids for 11th graders so sit back enjoy and if you need more information about our services check us out all over the place uh lockwoodcollegeprep.com we're also on facebook and youtube you name it you can't you can run but you can't hide enjoy the episode bye Hello. Welcome to, it's been a long time, welcome to the latest episode of College Coffee Talk. Andy Lockwood and you are? Pearl Lockwood. Good morning. Yeah. Last name is not a coincidence. We are literally the... Brother and sister. Just kidding. Ew. <laughs> uh, we are literally uh, a mom and pop shop, Lockwood College Prep, where we help kids get into their dream schools and we help parents pay wholesale prices for those schools. And College Coffee Talk is a weekly show that we are bringing back out of the vault after, I don't know, over a year. Yeah. Supply chain issues. Affects ah, everybody. Yeah. Um, where we talk about sort of what's happening on the timeline stuff. You're not going to really hear from your high school guidance counselor. Uh, you might hear inadvertently from your other you know peers or other parents or something, but um, I think it's very important to get this information out because you're not really going to get it anywhere else. So here we are, uh, February 21st, one day before intern Harry's birthday, who was behind the scenes helping us with the production here. And um, this is going to be an episode that um, not only is here on our Facebook page, but it's also going to go to our YouTube uh, page and our podcast, The College Playing Edge. So we're everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere where no one can see or hear us. Omnipresent. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the timeline right now um, for financial aid for seniors, class of 22. That's uh, Pearl's specialty. She does more than 300 families worth of financial aid applications each year. Um, you know, one, of the, one of the misnomers about financial aid that sometimes we hear from um, parents, but also accountants, is along the lines of, you know what, the, uh, you know, you're just filling out a form. They're not... Like your taxes. They're not... Just so, filling it out. Just they're put not, out a few numbers. They're not, they're not so, uh, so, so difficult, but sometimes things can get a little difficult. So you have a story that you were talking about this morning also. So 
So number one, just give us sort of what's happening right now for seniors. And then number two, talk a little bit about the Swarthmore issue. Okay, sure. So right now in financial aid world, uh, for the graduation class of 2022, uh, most, most students have already submitted their financial aid forms. Perhaps, uh, if they have not heard such great news, they've added a couple of, uh, additional schools for consideration. But at this point, it is, we are in the getting the schools, see the financial, the filing of financial aid forms feels like, oh, okay, once I do it, then it's done. It's actually the beginning of that process. Filing the financial aid forms then triggers each of the schools that the applicant applied to to then put together a package for that student, assuming they get in. Once the financial aid forms are filed, there will be contents of that financial aid application that the school will inevitably want more information on. So <clears throat> once the financial aid, and, and, this, and this varies between the schools. Some schools will want no additional information, but other schools will want like your arm, your leg, your grandparents' uh, date of birth, etc. Kidding. Um, but anyway, that goes back and forth, the providing the schools, the financial aid offices, exactly what they need. And ultimately, if your student is granted admission, you will get a financial aid award letter from that institution. Let me just point out, because there is some confusion, some think that perhaps, oh, I am not getting a financial aid award because I make too much or because, uh, oh, they decided not to give me anything. If a student applies to a school and gets in, that student will get a financial aid award package, even if it is made completely uh, of loans. So dispel that rumor. Um, another, um, another thing that you should be looking for, sometimes that financial aid award letter will be housed within the actual school's website that your student has been assigned login credentials to, and they are expected to periodically check there and check in the not only the admissions tab, but also the financial aid tab to see if there are any other additional requirements or your financial aid award letter could be lurking right there. It is not always going to just be mailed to you or be emailed to you, and to you means really the student. So. As between you and your student, you should set up maybe a weekly meeting where you just go through these emails and you make sure there's nothing outstanding. Check all the portals. You don't have to do it every day, but you should keep on top of it in some sort of routine fashion. Okay, so what happened today? Or, or what happened with Swarthmore? So just to frame this a little bit better. So um, the thing about financial aid frequently is you don't know what you don't know. So, so, for example, a lot of people aren't even aware that they can qualify. That, that's a big one that people don't know about. Um, frequently, there are quote-unquote twists and turns that really aren't so unusual, but um, that, because they happen all the time if you have experience, like, like Pearl does, but they, are, uh, they, they will blindside um, you know, the, 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 parents. The, the parents who are filing for the first time because they just sort of have the assumption that and colleges create this, that you just file the forms and then you're done. But that's really right. not the case. Especially when you have something that's a little out of the ordinary, like the client that we're going to be talking about. The other thing that the schools you know, also uh, make known or make, make you think is that they have their acts together. Not so much, honestly. And, and 
I, I would caution any family um, from forking over their worth in such a way to any of these institutions. Don't do it, really. You said something interesting this morning, which was that um, you would think that a school um, like a Swarthmore, which is very elite, a smart school, or an Ivy League school, or all that, you would think that they would make mistakes when you know that's the furthest thing from the truth. They're Unfortunately, not, well, they're not. You know, this, the financial aid offices are not populated by people who are academic brainiacs. There's a lot of bot activity in financial aid world. So tell, a, yeah, so tell a story. Okay, so we have an international client who they live in India. However, they are U.S. citizens. They file U.S. tax returns just like anybody else living anywhere else in the United States. This applicant applied to Swarthmore, and just because they saw the word India somewhere on the application, it caused them to go into somewhat of a tailspin, even though they had the U.S. tax return, the U.S. W-2, 1099, all from the United States. They were like, help, uncle, we need more information about your income. You think that's really how they said it? Yes, because they're the weird things that they emailed it. So, so it's, it's... <laughs> well, that was the that was the soundtrack behind the implicit soundtrack. I, I would... Help, Uncle, we see you're from a foreign country. Just you live be, somewhere else. To be fair, it's not always that dramatic. The, these emails, but um... well, it feels dramatic if you're the recipient on the other end who's scratching their head saying, "Well, I've given you everything that I have to give, like our government when we file taxes. Isn't this enough?" Anywho, uh, I explained to our client that I. I believed in my heart of hearts that this was just bot activity and that this will resolve in because they actually do have everything that needs to be considered for a um, for the financial aid. Um, in, a, in any case, I had explained this, told our client not to worry. We provided maybe one other document that was really irrelevant, but just to just to trigger the effect of, OK, we've sent you something. Well, um, so, so strategically speaking, you said, you know what, let's just come up with something to send them and maybe they can kind of check that off. Check the box, yeah, exactly. And to, and to pad their file, right? That, right. Was, that was basically why yes. you said to do that, which, I thought, which I thought was funny. You're playing the game. Right. Okay. We'll just get you to cross it off your list. Anyway, lo and behold, the uh, they, they waived the additional income information once they realized they had anything and everything that they could possibly use. So... My point in telling you this uh, long drawn out story is that they're not always right. So don't farm your brain out in this, um, in this process. Keep your wits about you and uh, just think of it logically and realize that everything is not necessarily a cause for panic and alarm and there's not like a huge thought and brain trust that's behind some of these emails that they are simply just responsive to other applications and bots. And the other thing you're going to see, and this, I, I sort of wanted to lead with this because this is pretty universal. You will, you will get an email, a notification of some sort from one of your students' schools that something is missing, like the facts of the CSS profile. When you will have confirmation emails to the contrary. Contrary meaning you've already filed these things. They do have it. 
Okay. And, and I could have a client that will come back and say, they're asking for this. I know we did file it because I know I saw with my own two eyes the confirmation email, which tells the school that was submitted. It tells the time and the date. And nobody ever has to worry because if we did file it or if it's been filed, there's a record of it. So in 99.99999% of the time, I end up attaching a PDF of the filing and say, and, and I become like, I'm a swami. I guess I really earned that uh, hat, that fortune teller hat. What invariably happens is when the family double checks with the financial aid office saying, hey, I have a PDF in my hand of the time and the date and your school with your school's code. You want to double check that? Lo and behold, oh, we do have it, Mrs. So-and-so. Oh, great. Okay. So expect that too, even from the fabulous schools, because they don't really have their act together, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, well, listen, they're, they're... Entirely. They're processing a lot of paperwork. Um, some schools have, you know, 50 to 100,000 applications. These are relatively low-level, low-paying, you know, staff positions. Um, it's like going to the DMV, you know, where you don't necessarily have the best and brightest working there. So, uh, not to be snobby, but the point is that you just have to kind of steal yourself so that you know what to expect. And just because you get something that is panic-inducing, you know, we, we're missing this, we're missing that, number one, doesn't mean that they actually are missing doesn't that. Doesn't mean it's true. Um, sometimes there's a, um, a lack of, a, of an update on the, uh, the portal that they assign you. So it looks like you haven't provided something, but all that means is that it takes, you know, uh, three or four days to, to submit something, uh, to get it actually uploaded and then logged in to, to the system. So don't panic, really, it's not right. about that. And it, it resolves, ultimately. You, you need to just know that when this happens, I know your first instinct may be to panic, don't take a breath, take a pause. And just remember, I'm saying it now, it resolves. It all shakes out as it sh more or less should. In the end, they ultimately get what they need, even for I have sometimes non-custodial uh, parent issues. I have in a divorce situation, some colleges have uh, a requirement that the non-custodial parent provide all of their financial information, their taxes, their asset information. Now, we I'm sure we all could um, think of a, a divorce situation in which they're not that friendly and amicable, and perhaps that the non-custodial parent's out of the picture, and there's no contact, and there's no cooperation, and there's lawsuits, and, and child support in arrears, and how are you ever going to get... You can't get that type. You, how are you ever going to? If you can't, then you can't. And a school is not going to be any better in the school's request for information that is unobtainable un will ultimately just have to be resolved if it can't be otherwise resolved with a waiver of that request or whatever. These things shake out. The year comes to an end and the schools that your student is admitted to and we've applied financial for financial aid, they will get a package. You know, what's, what's interesting to me about this whole discussion is that we're not really talking about strategic stuff nope. or how to get more money, how to re how to shelter funds, any of that type of stuff, how to negotiate, which I want to talk about a little bit. You know, we're really talking about, like, in the weeds, operational, tactical types of stuff that, uh, that you know, that you deal with 
every day. And these are just things like, I think when you first probably got into this, you know, doing financial aid forms for us many years ago, you never in a million years would have thought all this stuff no. was going to happen, but it just does. So Across the board, every school. Yeah, right. There's no good schools or no. bad schools nope. in terms of how effective they are with, right. with this stuff. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it is, it is really across the board. So again, the bottom line is there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff thrown at you. Most of it is probably not worth even paying attention to, but you still have to, but you have to learn how to separate the wheat from the chaff yeah. and, um, and don't panic. I know I keep saying the same thing, but yeah. uh, people do. I, I use the skate, um, uh, skateboard. Well, I guess I could use a skateboard, but a, a surfboard analogy for this year there are just there's a lot of rocky waves. There's Segway. a lot of ups and downs. But just stay on your your surfboard, your skateboard, whatever uh, device, and um, just hang on, and, and you'll get through the process. Are you a surfer? No, <laughs> no, I don't. Huh. I'm not a surfer, but I imagine it's a little rocky out there sometimes. So that's what I'm alluding to. Some of your best analogies are the the pizza and other food analogies. Yes. Because you're a I'm foodie. An expert. Yeah, you're much more of a foodie than a surfer. True. Okay. All right. Thanks, Pearl, Pearl Spicoli. Um, let's talk a little bit about negotiating. And then if anyone has any questions, they want to pop them in chat here, either um, live or I guess on recording. I'm not really good about going into Facebook on recordings anymore. But if you or um, uh, maybe, maybe our assistant, AJ... We'll mm -hmm. do that. Okay. But uh, if you have any questions now live, this is a good time to, to lob them in. Uh, you can see a few people, a few friendly faces who are uh, joining us live, even though we didn't do anything to promote this. This was sort of a soft presidential day launch. Um, so hello to everyone watching us. And don't hesitate to say hi in the comments section, and we'll do our best to uh, answer any questions that come in. So still... Along the lines of um, 2022 kids, I want to talk about the financial aid awards that um, are starting to come in now. Uh, many have come in, particularly for early decision or early action students, but there's still a lot left to come in. And um, ideally, the the way to negotiate awards is, to, whether it's a, a merit-based award or a need-based award, is to show that you have other offers. That is one of my favorite um, tactics or hours in the quiver to, uh, to have. Some colleges say that they don't even uh, look at other offers. Sure. That Yeah, they may or may sure. not. We've seen evidence to the, to the contrary, but you know, we don't keep track of every individual okay. school. <laughs> you seem skeptical. We're all there. Um, so anyway, that's always helpful. And um, if you're watching this and you have an 11th grader or a 10th grader, just bear that in mind because you know the best defense is a good offense, right? If you if you're when you're making your um, uh, when you're when you're making your final college list, it's good to have schools that compete with each other. It's also going to be very good to have schools where your child is in the top ten to twenty percent of, um, of of applicants. So that's one big factor for uh, for for trying to appeal an award. The other thing is new information. So the thing about financial aid is that. Um, you know, for kids graduating in 2022, the tax returns that the financial aid offices were considering were, were from 2020. There's, there's a two-year look back for income taxes. Income. Right. Income and income taxes. Only. Um, so, yeah. Assets are current. <laughs> Thank you. Matters. Um, 
Yep, your name matters, your address matters too. Okay. Anyway, so the thing is about um, financial aid awards is that they're necessarily retrospective. They're looking at stuff from a couple of years ago, which might be outdated. So, uh, would you, if you have new information, meaning, for example, um, I know my income is pretty high in 2020, but since then, you know, my business, you know, took a dump or you know, <laughs> something like that. That is new information that the colleges wouldn't know about. So I wrote an appeal that was um, successful for the, uh, the, and they emailed us um, the, uh, last week at Valerio's cool. where um, his issue was he owns a bunch of car washes and the opening of one of them was delayed by the pandemic. And it's not just like they couldn't open later. He had sunk a lot of money. And, you know, when you're buying equipment, when you're hiring staff, when you're, you know, you, you have a lease or whatever, if you can't open and start making income, those costs don't go away. You've got to keep, you know, you've got to keep, keep the, uh, yeah, you got to, mm-hmm. you got to keep the engine humming, so to speak. So, um, so he pointed that out to them, and uh, and even though uh, their son was early decision and he was a baseball commit, so we didn't have any other right. leverage. Wow. Um, they they very reasonably and generously came back with another, I think it was six thousand bucks or something per, awesome. yeah per year. So they they said, um, we'll see. But um, so that's new information. Also, that's new expenses. So those are really the the, the main arguments. I, I, I either had a drop in income or I had new expenses or some new information that bears on my ability to pay. And that's how you can manage a successful appeal. So, intern Harry, are we getting some chats in here? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? We have, hello, we have high prone Andy, long time no see from Christina Elisipel Albano. And Deborah Sperling says, hi, and then Christina came back with a question saying, <laughs> do you have any idea when the FA changes are going to take place or are they still just dangling the ideas out there? Okay. Good question. Good um, question. Yeah. They're, they're, I, well, they're slated to take place next year, but they're probably going to, it looks like they're going to be delayed for another year. Yep. So, so <sighs> not this year. Yep. De- Deborah also says, you guys are the best. <laughs> Was that your voice inflection for all caps? Yes. You know, she is a voice coach. She's a, she's she's literally, a voice, voiceover artist. This is what she, yep. Well, so I that was disappointing. No, that was, that was very emotional. Yes. Um, so who else is with us? Oh, Dorothy Otto. I haven't seen Dorothy in a long Dorothy. time. Robert Marinovich. Miss you. Um, the whole gang's here. Christina Albano. Can I just say how much I hate that you have to deal with this crap every year? <laughs> Even appeals... When, su- when suddenly grants that were given freshman year aren't given sophomore year. Ugh. Well, that is, um, yeah, that, that does suck, but it's, uh, it's a good point to bring up because that's another thing that a lot of people don't understand is that you reapply for every year. Every, you reapply for aid every year. And um, just the same way your initial offer is based on income from two years ago, the sophomore year is based on two years ago from, from that point in time as well. So... Things change, and that's why they, they have you reapply every year. Income drops, income increases, assets increase, assets drop, you know, etc. However, just to be clear, this is as to need-based aid. If there is a merit award that is issued in the freshman year, that is, it will it will be one of two ways. It will be either issued for the four years, assuming the student maintains a certain GPA, blah blah blah, whatever those requirements are, certain credit hours. Um, or alternatively, it is only for the year. But if you have an award and everything else is met in the subsequent years, 
as to that merit award, that should not be vulnerable. Just wanted to. You know, what's really funny that. is is that when you uh, when you look at this on our on our phones, you can actually bring people on camera who are watching. How funny would that wow. be if we just brought on? I don't know. Christine Bracano, welcome. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> this is how she looks like out natural. Right. Yeah. Don't worry. You won't do that. <laughs> how funny would that be? Though? Too funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's a long haul with aid, and, and the other thing is um, a lot of colleges will claim that they are only need-based, and sometimes, like Ivy League sure schools... they are. <laughs> well, somehow, magically, you know, two kids are roughly uh, equal in terms of their family's financial standing, but one, um, uh, but one is a highly recruited athlete or desirable for other reasons. And frequently, somehow, magically, that family will get more money even from a need-based school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is maddening. Um, you know what? I see. I'm not going to name his name here because I think that violates some sort of confidences. But um, I want to tell another quick story about oh my stuff. That I, you I already can't saw the name, control. and I know exactly what you're about to say. You know where I'm going. With Listen it? up. Yes, I do. All right. So, um, so client X. Who, by the way, um, I, don't know if, I don't know if the parent is still watching this, but super kid, like n- nicest guy, uh-huh. most polite, very responsible, does everything right. You know, worked, I worked with him as a college advising client, did all his essays on time, nice. everything. Yeah, just, and it was very, you know, eager, uh, at least he faked it, you know, over, over the summer when we were working on these essays, but he knew his best for him. He did everything, in other words, he did everything right. Applies to college, um, you know, that involves the applications, the essays, it involves the transcripts being sent, involves uh, the guidance counselors, sending recommendation letters, and their own recommendation letter. There's a bunch of moving parts, but he was on top of everything. I think two weeks ago, so this is February 21st, so, so it might have been around the, uh, the week of the 7th, he got notice, or he, maybe he looked at um, one of his college's portals, that they had not received one of his two teacher recommendations. And Murphy's Law being what it is, this happened to be the better, much stronger teacher recommendation letter. So again... That was prepared. Yeah. So in, in this in this set. case, adding insult to injury, he tends to an elite private college, you know, where you send your kids... High school. Sorry. An elite private high school, the type where you pay tuition to send your kids... To, uh, to, to prep them for college, right? So this could happen at a, at a public high school too, but it's even Paying worse. For the service. It's even worse when it happens <laughs> at, a, at a private one. So um, so he emails me. He's like, what do I do? I said, I, I can't believe that, first of all. Um, but, but, you know, I always tell kids, make sure that your guidance counselor is doing everything they're doing. You know, all, all colleges have portals. You know, make sure that you, make, uh, that you see everything's been uploaded and, and all that. So he did that. But didn't realize that something was missing until February. So, uh, so what my recommendation was: you tell your guidance counselor at your elite uh, private school. Um, well, and, and they're known for being so rigorous about their system. Like right. you can't deviate mm-hmm. from from their rules. Mm-hmm. Very hierarchical. It happens to be a Catholic school. Um, and uh, you know, so if you have a deadline for your application on November first then you need to give them everything and show that your application is done like October 1st or October mm. you know, 7th or something like that. 
which I appreciate. It's kind of hard to ask, but I do appreciate that. Um, anyway, their excuse was, oh, well, some of your schools didn't require two, so um, we only sent one. We didn't know that you wanted both, even though they're both uploaded. That's such in. BS. Yeah, exactly. Gosh. So, um, and they just arbitrarily chose one, as opposed to asking the kid, well, if, we, if we're only going to submit one, which one would you like? So what, what I uh, urged them to do, which I think they did right away, was to cajole their guidance counselor into explaining the mistake that happened, and hopefully it's no harm, no foul. I don't think there will be, but mind-boggling. So. Yeah. Just the same way you can't control the idiots in the financial aid office. You've got to be... You can't control the idiots in your high school you've, either. You've got to be... Yeah, you've got to be paranoid about all this stuff. So trust them. You know, what, what's the saying? Trust, trust but, verify. but verify. Yeah. Trust but verify your... Yeah. Your... Um, everyone to do what they're supposed to be doing. So that was unfortunate, but I don't think there's going to be any... But salvageable. Any, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any harm to that. That's my gut feeling. To but the we'll, student's but credit, we'll see. Salvage, salvageable. But. Yeah. So, no help from his school. That's our anonymous student story, which may or may not involve someone who's watching right now. <laughs> uh, all right, how are we doing on time? We've got, we got two more minutes left before we wrap up this college coffee talk. But if you have any questions, pop them right here in the, uh, in the comment section. Say hi if you want to say hi to us. Um, or you just like seeing your name or hearing your name on Facebook. That's always Let fun. Let us know that, too. We'll romp a room it for you. Not Magic Treehouse? Magic Treehouse. I think they did that on both shows. I didn't watch either, but I remember this This has been an ongoing... Discussion. Yeah. But when they say your name, they look through some special mirror. My name was never, never said, unfortunately. Pearl? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm getting over it slowly. Finally, um, as we wrap up here, I want to just give out a little bit of advice to 11th graders if, uh, in class of 2023. Um, ideally, by now... Your kids have taken at least one, possibly two SATs or ACTs because we recommend getting started studying over the summer before 11th grade. And you can theoretically, hopefully, wrap up uh, in 11th with your testing. Um, I'll do, we'll do another segment on test optional, what it really means. But tests are important, suffice it to say. And what you want to avoid is taking the test when you have a ton of pressure on you in senior year of, of high school. That's why you want to take it two or three times in 11th grade. Um, in terms of the applications and the essays, this is um, a big deal to try to get it done as much as humanly possible over the summer because they're grueling. I had a kid last year who wrote more than 70 supplemental essays, which is outrageous, but it's one main essay and then uh, many schools have additional essays. So in his case, he applied to several Ivy League schools and um, a bunch of other competitive schools that had multiple essays. I think Stanford had 11 or something. And they're, they're usually shorter. Uh, some of them are a little goofy. Some of them just you know make a list of something or what's your top 10, but some of them are, are longer essays. So ideally, you get those done as much as humanly possible over the summer because once you get back to school in the fall, um, you're going to be so busy academically, right. probably busier than you ever were. And that counts still. The grades. Not to be confused when we were young, when it was like, oh, I'm a senior, it doesn't count anymore, it doesn't matter. It actually, arguably, matters a little more because in the middle of the application process, if your application is hanging in the balance, the uh, admissions office often and does solicit your mid first semester grades to make that determination. So yeah. you don't want to be 
doing your first semester course load half fast while you're getting your application materials in because it could really sabotage your application. So it, it used to be more along the lines of the care, the admissions officers cared about how hard your classes were, you know, that you were still pushing yourself. Um, it also was um, less important in terms of what the actual grades were. But now, especially this year with a ton of kids being deferred, um, because there's, there's been a huge influx in applications, then it gets, you know, the competition is a lot stiffer and there's a lot of colleges saying, well, we're going to wait and see what comes in the regular round and we're not going to make our decisions until March. So keep your so, foot on the gas. Yes. Yeah, so, so if you get deferred, what you want to be able to do is show that you've maintained a high GPA, taking the most rigorous classes that you can take. So the first half of senior year is still very important um, to, to do well on. Second half, you can relax a little bit. Not too much. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So that's going to wrap up. This episode of College Coffee Talk, we're going to be uh, coming back every week at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So join us for a little chat about college, a little cup of joe if you drink that. Tea is okay. You know, it's just figurative. Hot chocolate. You you yeah, you don't have to have coffee. Um, Pearl, any last bits of wisdom and, and wit? Uh, well, I, I'll just give everyone a teaser for next week, which we'll go into a little bit more deeply, but the, the subject of loans and the suspension of interest rates for students and parent loans, which has been in effect for the last year and a half, and there's discussion now, which is my prediction anyhow, that they are going to, right now, uh, the interest rates are suspended until May of 2022. I expect unequivocally that that will be extended throughout through the rest of the um, year until we get past the midterm elections. I mean, until we get through the year. Okay. We'll discuss that more next week. It wasn't really a teaser. You actually just told Well, no, no, no. no. I have a lot more to say on that. I have a lot more to say on that. Okay. Let me just rephrase (laughs) the teaser. And next week we'll talk about loans loans (laughs) and whether they're they're going to keep the interest rates at zero. Bum, bum, bum. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have, Have a great, great week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle Group Coaching Membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass, um, and get access to our double-secret software, College Guru software, that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid, and need-based aid opportunities, as well as some other benefits, check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com and use the coupon code PODCAST for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.